0: Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and one film up for a review this week, and it is Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore. This week, I've got Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore, and I truly struggled with whether or not I should review this film, because should I be giving it any sort of attention at all? You know, I am someone who grew up with Harry Potter, loved the books, you know, has had way too much merch, and, and liked the movies so much, and just all those things. And of course, therefore, it broke my heart to find out that JK Rowling is super anti-trans and has not only just given really ignorant views, but has also just dug in on them. Like, there's no excuses at this point and it seems like she's just obstinately refusing to view trans people as people or trans women as women. It's just, it's really upsetting when somebody who has such a profound impact on your formative years turns out to be a monster. You know, there's just no denying it at this point. She's had plenty of chances to learn or speak to the trans community and all of these things. So anyway, I struggled with whether or not I support these films. And then also from a purely filmmaking standpoint, when they announced the Fantastic Beasts franchise, I was like... This is a, the source material for this is paper thin. It is a tiny, tiny encyclopedia thing that she wrote for charity and it's very small at that. How do you make this into a feature length film, let alone an entire franchise? But you know what? I was willing to give it a chance and now three films in and yes, I did see the new film because I was like, I can't review it without, you know, I it don't, it's only fair to see it in order to review it. And I got the sense I wouldn't like it because again, as a film franchise, they're not good. They're not, like, I think one of the biggest problems is that they let J.K. Rowling write these films as opposed to the original Harry Potter series, which had other writers involved who were better at adapting it. Because J.K. Rowling, not always the strongest writer. Great at world building, great at characters, but if you go back and reread, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, whatever. And, you know, Newt Scamander, not the strongest protagonist. I don't think everyone has to be a heroic, brave Gryffindor, blah, 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 but... We've seen this character from Eddie Redmayne a kajillion times. The character itself is not interesting. I had also completely forgotten the first and second movies, and you know, I don't know if this needs you to remember them. In fact, I feel like they're getting further and further away from the beasts part of this, and they've just had to keep the name for, I don't know, legal reasons. And let's keep in mind that the first film came out before J.K. Rowling like really dug in on her anti-trans views, so it didn't have that stigma with it, but it just wasn't a good movie. I would say the second one was probably even worse. So I went in with the lowest of low expectations for this one. I will say we got rid of Johnny Depp for this, who was another very problematic person. We did not get rid of Ezra Miller in time, who, you know, has had some issues over the years, especially very recently. So it just feels like this is cursed. It feels like it's cursed. Like, let's be honest here. It feels like it's cursed. But as a movie, it is not that interesting. Because as I said, Newt Scamander, not a strong enough protagonist to, There's a bunch of stuff going on in the wizarding world that actually sort of feels like it parallels what's happening with us right now with fascist regimes rising up and wars trying to be waged and all this stuff. But when it comes through the lens of this overly simplified world because I don't think she was willing to give more depth to it. It's not an interesting movie, is what it comes down to, even though all the materials are there. It's also very long. It's two hours and 22 minutes. You know, you've got Eddie Redmayne back as news commander. You've still got Jude Law as Albus Dumbledore, who's starting to age a little bit, and I'm still like, someone please explain to me how we got from Jude Law to Richard Harris in the span of time that was supposed to happen. We've now got Mads Mikkelsen as Grindelwald, who Mads Mikkelsen is a great actor. He makes a great villain. I was underwhelmed by him in this. And then here is the great irony of this film for someone who is so anti-trans mild spoiler but we like finally openly talk about Dumbledore being gay and him being in love with Grindelwald and vice versa and all this stuff and again there was all this complicated stuff where I had completely forgotten from the first few films about Dumbledore's brother and and sister and and, uh, pledges and all this whatever it's just it's so jam-packed of overly convoluted plot lines and characters there's also too many characters so many characters none of whom seem to stick around in terms of importance and I get it they're trying to build a franchise but if we don't care about these peripheral characters what's the point you know they reference a bunch of people who were in the first few movies I was like who I don't remember what's going on here it's just oh it's a hot steaming pile of mess which is a shame and then the sad thing is I do think it was a better film than the second film I'm gonna take a quick break and be right back and I'm back that's not saying much. I do think it was co- a little more coherent, but it also felt like much too little too late. And I think it depended on our knowledge of the the lore of Dumbledore, right? So if you are not a Harry Potter fan, if you are not whatever, this isn't going to make any sense to you. I mean, it barely made sense to me, but I just... oh. The one shout out I sort of want to give is to Jessica Williams, who plays an American wizard. You know, everyone else is just uh, this is a film that doesn't trust its audience. You know, there's a whole like chaos element to it, which is intentional, but it just doesn't feel accurately motivated or that you were trusting your audience to plant certain things early along. Like in terms of, you know, think about a whodunit, right? A great whodunit gives you just enough clues and just enough misleading clues to be on the edge of your seat. This is just like that came out of left field. Alright, I guess we're deosexing this. Sure. You know, I just I don't care. And also we know what happens to the wizarding world, which is terrible, but I'm just like, couldn't care less. This is just it's so painful at this point to watch. The special effects still feel poorly done i know a lot of money goes into these and i know a lot of people work really hard on them which is also part of the reason that i wanted to give it a chance because i was like you know what it's not just her project even though you have to refer to it now apparently as like jk rowling's wizarding world or something like that it's just it was not good enough for me to be able to set aside my personal frustrations with jk rowling as a creator author public figure etc and you know, she's entitled to her freedom of speech, etc. but that doesn't mean you have to say something every time, right? Like, and, you know, she's also a British citizen, it's different about freedom of speech, but you know, just because you can say something doesn't mean you should say something. Although I guess I would rather know that she's a bigot than, you know, not, and then have a comment later. Anyway, not a good enough film on its own to justify the runtime, to justify the investment, to justify overlooking the fact that, you know, it is going to ultimately benefit her in a great way. I don't know how they're going to make two more of these movies. I don't care. I don't want to see it anymore. I truly, I know I will have the same dilemma when the next one comes out. If, should I even bother? And I think, ironically, because this was slightly better than the last one, it's like, oh, shoot, do I have to see it again? My hope, my true hope is that J.K. Rowling changes her tune. And also that she allows for another screenwriter to get more involved. I think what helped with this one is that Steve Kloves, who worked on a lot of the uh, original Harry Potter films, was a screenwriter on this one. He was a producer on the other Fantastic Beasts films, but he was not the screenwriter as opposed to the, uh, the, the original Harry Potter films, which he was the screenwriter for. So... Bringing him in was a very smart move. It helped a little bit, but it was way too little too late. People are squandered. I, you know, there's too many storylines going on. It's not well done. Ironically, I think this would have been better as a series, like a series on HBO Max or something like that. Instead of trying to, ha- so much time passes between these movies as well in terms of when they come out that you forget everything and they aren't compelling enough to justify rewatching in between. So, Overall, because it was just not enjoyable as a film on so many different levels, I'm going to give it 2 out of 5. It's not the worst thing I've seen, but it just does not feel worth your time or energy. Maybe if you're so morbidly curious, wait until it comes out on HBO Max, but 2 out of 5 for Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore for me. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.